Schaefer, it's Brennan. Listen, I know it's early, but I wanted to get a jump on this. I found a strange connection involving these weird postcards. Oh, and please tell me you found something useful up at Beaumont's house. Call me back. What's this? Anybody know where this package came from? Oh, it came for you this morning. Showed up while I was on a break, though. There's no postage on it. Hmm. What the hell? A postcard? Dear Detective, now that all of the players have arrived, all of our stories have become more contrived. Written in blood, our show goes on. A bronze shield blazing in the early morning sun. Oh my god. Schaefer's badge. It's Schaefer's badge. Has anybody heard from Schaefer? Do you want us to try him? No, I'm on it. Schaefer. Come on. Come on. Pick up. Damn it. Schaefer. God, I hope you can hear this. Listen, I'm headed to Dr. Soren's house to get to Lisa Beaumont. Wherever you are, just call me back. Schaefer, please call me back. Oh God, the door is open. I don't see anyone. Dr. Soren! Dr. Soren! In here. Dr. Soren, are you okay? Where's Lisa Beaumont? I wish I could tell you. Oh, man. Whoa, whoa. Take it easy. Looks like she hit you over the head. The door is wide open and your car's gone. Doctor, I think there's a lot going on here that nobody's telling me. Where's Lisa Beaumont? Her house. She, she was headed to her house. Come on. I have a feeling our time's running out. I stand in the center of my living room, clothing soaked, hair stringy and sticking to my skin. Across from me stands Morgan. His eyes are just as exhausted as mine. His eyes are my eyes. The early morning light speckles off them like pyrite. Fool's gold shines brighter in the eyes of the fool. But of course, who's the real fool? The one that buys it. The one that comes along and swallows it all without question 
and losing everything. I break away from looking into Morgan's face and look at our feet. In between us lays the body of Detective Schaefer, face removed with a clean singe, just like the rest. His suit still neatly made, his tie perfectly straight. Arms and legs spread out like Da Vinci's anatomical man. Around us, the mess of my home thrives, like an abandoned structure being consumed by nature. Everything either broken, flipped over, or shattered into a million pieces. My voice being shattered and just as sharp and jagged at the sight of the poor detective. The words start to pull back together, and I look to Morgan, whose eyes still look to me like a soldier waiting for orders. The scared look reflecting mine. The feeling of myself and Morgan being one has never felt so apparent. Morgan, how do we stop this? I don't know, Doctor. Unfortunately, the entity has been listening and plotting. This is its response. It knows what we think because it is us. We are it. So you're saying it's one and this is it? The entity has the upper hand. I don't know what we could do. I look down and quickly back up to the ceiling as a tear escapes through my eyelashes and runs down my cheek as I whip my head back. I wipe my eyes and take a breath. I imagine Detective Brennan is on his way by now. We need to think fast and we... I notice a shift. Something in Morgan. Morgan, what's wrong? Morgan places his hand over his chest and clenches, stepping backward in pain, tripping over the debris immediately behind him. Morgan, what's happening? Morgan! Morgan! Morgan falls to the ground and vanishes right before my eyes, like his soul slipped through the floorboards and he's gone. My voice echoes back at me throughout the empty living room. The echo returning and filling me with the realization that I am now alone. Morgan, where did you go? Morgan, come back, please, Morgan! Something within me stops my cries, chokes them out like a fish pulled from the pond. Like a hand over a dim flame, I stand up and gasp for air as my chest tightens and my heart burns with an extreme intensity. My heart practically leaping from my chest pulling on the veins in me like a puppet, constricting and tightening around my bones. I start to cough and taste a bitter metallic flow over my tongue. It fills my mouth as my insides burn me alive. I step back and hear footsteps to my left. An extreme force rushes towards me. Anthony is coming, Doctor. 
The entity is coming. How do I stop him? Get out of the house. Get out of the house. It's in the house. And it's in control. You need to wake up, doctor. Wake up! All of a sudden, my eyes shot open. My pupils dilate. And my eyes go bloodshot. As the feeling of pulling out of an intense G-force fills my head. My brain feeling like it's slammed against my skull. Almost like it has a heartbeat of its own. My mind spins as my vision starts to clear. A blurry orange flame lights on the end of a match in front of me. The match head rising into my vision. I realize that the hand holding this match is my own and that I am not in control of my hand. My body vibrates and flinches as I try to move but I can't. The veins on my arms twisting and pulsating as my brain sends conflicting commands to my limbs. My breath rattling and causing the match to shimmer, nearly putting it out. Each finger starts to loosen on the match. The balance of the wood stick tumbling in my fingers. The little dexterity I have in the digits of my fingers doing everything I can to not drop the match. I focus all my strength on my breath as the match raises higher in my vision. I hold the match almost directly in front of me, letting out puffs of air, trying to extinguish it. The match shaking and starting to fall and balancing between my pinky and my ring finger. My pinky starts to shift, letting the match slip further. I muster the strength to speak. No! You bastard! Show yourself! Show yourself! Through the flame, I see a figure appear on the other side of the room. The shape of a man silhouetted. This is the entity. The first time it has appeared to me. But I know exactly that this is it. It is showing itself to me in this moment as the match continues to slip from my hand. Stop! Stop this! The entity doesn't reply, but replies by not moving a single inch. The slight tilt in its head like a curious child waiting to see what happens. It just stands there and watches me. Watches me twist and squirm, trying to stop the inevitable. No! The match slips from my hand and starts to fall to the ground. The match falling, my eyes lock on the entity as it vanishes from my vision. The match seems to fall in slow motion, heading toward a pool of gasoline collected at my feet. The feeling of the end growing nearer as the match spins the ground. Little embers scatter as it falls. The match lands into the pool and ignites. Feeling the heat burn into me, a moving force from my left. Morgan flies out of nowhere and tackles me with enough force to throw me to the ground and out of the gasoline. The match ignites a soaked piece of fabric and quickly spreads. The fire moves over the surface of the gasoline, Doctor, creating sort of a lake of fire in my living room. The bright orange glow, filling the room and lighting up our faces, exposing our fear even more. Morgan! Doctor, where is it? It's gone! Damn it! Watch out! The fire quickly spreads up the walls to my home and ignites wooden beams across the ceiling. The entrance to hell has opened up right in front of us. Morgan pulls me closer to my front door as the living room continues to burn. This is Detective Brennan. 
requesting a fire crew and backup at 236 Hillside. I'm following a responding truck now up the hill, but we'll need a backup crew. And hurry! Please somebody tell me you got a hold of Schaefer. He's gonna really rub it in when he sees this. I have Dr. Soren with me. We're minutes from the house. Morgan and myself stand inching closer to the front door, watching the fire spread up the walls. Melting plastics start to bubble and hiss, and fabrics only send the fire further. Morgan, what do we do? What do we do? I notice Morgan's face staring into the center of the living room where I once stood. Morgan's face, sharp with anger, not breaking his stare, even to me, or even a second. Look. Morgan points to the center of the gas fire where I once stood. The entity stands and stares back at us. The featureless, sharp gray figure peers at us with all the hate and anger of the world emitting from it as it stands in a literal hellfire. All of our fear manifested into a physical being of hate and rage. The entity doesn't move, but it's thriving off this moment. It sees and feels the fear within us because it is us. It is the personification of what rots in my mind, of what has plagued me and watched me for years, only to enter my life through Morgan and burn everything to ash. I look at Morgan, who locks his eyes on it and doesn't break. We can beat it. We can beat it. He breaks the stare and looks me in the eye. Listen, we can beat this. You... You can beat it. Listen, Doctor. Lisa. 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 You can beat this. I'm so sorry this happened. I'm sorry. I'm responsible for allowing this to happen. Just remember, I'm never far, okay? Morgan, what are you doing? Morgan looks to the entity and back at me. Stop this thing, Lisa. Stop it from hurting anyone else. Get our life back, okay? Morgan sprints into the fire and tackles the entity in the center of this fire pit. Its body bending and wrapping around Morgan like a bedsheet, twisting and morphing its limbs into different shapes, caressing him and pulling him in a thousand different directions. The flames nearly cover the two figures up as they thrash and fight their silhouetted bodies dancing and wrestling in pain, contrasted against the bright orange flame. I quickly move a few steps behind Morgan but stop at the edge of the flame. My head pounds with pain as I realize the real arena for this fight is in between my ears. In the center of my skull, this fight rages on. But the fire, the fire is really here, in my home. It burns in inches closer to me as I try to peek through and see any movement. The fire rises in height, but I see something. Tears fill my face as the dark slender shape of the entity slithers and slowly stands up from the flame, appearing untouched. Morgan is nowhere to be found. Morgan! I screamed to Morgan, hoping he would answer, but nothing. Just this sick being staring back at me, like it's waiting for more. 
In this moment, the fire burns my home, but also inside of me. The pain and emotions of these recent events filling me with anger, the pain transitioning inside me, the feeling shifting and cracking my bones with anger. Something in my gut rises, not the same feeling I have been experiencing. Instead of pain, power, and instead of hurt, fury. I can feel it rising as I step closer to the fire. I look down at the flames and step into them. I start to walk, expecting pain to fill me and cancel out any previous feeling, but it doesn't. The power in me growing with each step places my feet on charred pieces of my living room. The entity stares back, not knowing what to make of this. Words escape my snarled lips. Leave us! The entity replies with a scream of a thousand painful voices. The voice chills me to my core, but I remember I'm on fire. I look up at the entity and stare into its empty shell of a face, where its eyes would be, the fury filling me as I lose control and... My scream rattles and blows, the walls shaking and bending with the power of my voice. The entity takes a step back away from me in fear. All of the pain and confusion and anger towards this being and myself letting loose. A thick wood beam from the ceiling snaps like a tree trunk, breaking in two, allowing a huge chunk of roof to break away and come falling down. The entity looks up just in time to be buried and swallowed by the flaming debris. The collapsed ceiling settling on top of the entity and blowing a fireball toward me, led by a fury of burning embers. With the entity incapacitated, my heart settles for a second, feeling like something had been done. Something final has been completed. I take a breath as the exhaustion hits me, like a Mack truck. Suddenly, I realize I am burning. And this house is being held up by burning matchsticks at this point. A rumbling, coming from my doorway. I turn around. The front door is kicked into splinters, creating a mini backdrop in the room. Three dark figures run into the house. In my exhaustion, I first see them as Morgan, Miguel, and Allie. But quickly see the bright orange glow off the firefighter's equipment and I snap out of it. Two of the firemen immediately spread out, trying to douse the flames, while the first firefighter runs up to me and starts pulling me from the flames, screaming to me as she does. Is there anyone else inside? I quickly look back to where Morgan and the entity were, to see nothing. Is there anyone else? My heart hurts as I scream back. No! No! My eyes open, and I'm met with an icy, cold breeze that seems to run straight through me. Perplexed, I try to think of where the breeze is coming from, in a room with no windows and a tightly locked door. I remember from my last visit that everything seems to stand still in this interrogation room. 
I realize that the coldness protrudes from me, from every pore. I feel cold. I look down to my legs, expecting two charred limbs, but only minor burns already wrapped in bandages. Most of my pain radiating from within my skull. My head pounds as the fire in my mind burns out, leaving behind the ashy shell of myself. I look to my left to see my reflection in the one-way mirror, but quickly look away, not recognizing the woman looking back at me. The heavy door in the room unlatches and swings open. In walks a man I once knew. A man I still know, but in a different way. Detective Brennan enters the room, his eyes swollen and his nose red. This is a broken person, a person broken because of me. He closes the door behind him and takes a second looking away from me. I hear him sniff and wipe his nose as he turns around toward me, trying to maintain any power and authority in his presence and mask the deep pain he is experiencing. His eyes look deep into me and slaps my soul in the face. He looks down at something he holds in his hands, a police badge that he anxiously handles, feeling around the edge of the bronze shield, trying to find his words before placing the badge in his jacket pocket. He looks into the mirror for a second and then back at me as he pulls the chair out from the table and sits down. A large, exhausted breath as he sits and looks at me. Doctor. He leans over a small briefcase already on his side of the table and pulls out a large envelope. This was delivered this morning, placed on my desk with no postage, addressed to you. My heart sinks as he pulls something from the envelope and places it in front of me. A handmade postcard of a young woman. My pulse spikes as I look closer and realize a difference. The young woman in the painting that has been growing and changing is me. Detective Brennan watches my expression closely and sees my eyes well with tears. I look closer at the painting and see that I am smiling. The postcard shakes in my hands as I realize, standing next to me, hands interlocked with mine, is the entity. It stands with me, center frame, in the dreary city alleyway scene that has been depicted in every version of this sick work. A tear escapes me and falls onto and soaks into the postcard. A tremor runs over my knuckles and I flip the postcard over. A large loopy capital S stands at the top of the postcard and the message handwritten below it that chills my blood in an oh so familiar way. Detective Brennan speaks the note aloud, breaking my stare on the postcard. The last of the few. From fire you are renewed. Lessons learned are true. The days and nights filled with blue. From the ash, we stand as two forever walking together. Just me and you. I close my eyes tightly together as that last line rings in my ears. I close my eyes shut so tight that I squeeze the tears from them like lemons. This was left on my desk while you were unconscious, handcuffed to a hospital bed with two guards outside of the room. I know you didn't leave this for yourself, doctor. I know you're smart and capable of a lot, but I don't believe you were able to do this unnoticed. 
There's a lot that has happened. I've lost not only my partner, but one of my closest friends. These postcards, the murders, your house, this Morgan character, you. Nothing is making any sense, and I don't know what to believe. Schaefer used to call these funny cases. Stay away from those funny cases. They'll drive you crazy, he used to tell me. Well, actually, one thing does make sense. One thing makes perfect sense. You are responsible. But you aren't alone. I carry part of this weight. Let me finish, doctor. I'm not one you would call a believer in the paranormal or supernatural, whatever you want to call it. But I believe something along those lines is happening here. I know my chief is on the other side of that glass ready to strangle me right now, but I just had to say that. You confuse me, doctor. But my interest is still piqued. But because of my connection to this case and the trauma they think I've sustained, I'm being taken off the case. I don't know when I'll see you again, doctor. But I hope that when that does happen, we're both in a better place. The detective stands up and walks around the chair to push it in, its cold metal legs making a horrid sound on the ground. He rests his hand on the top of the chair, his mouth open, like he's about to say something, but stops himself. He reaches into his pocket again and pulls out a small object. Not looking at me, he sets the object on the table, revealing the small object. My blood runs cold. The pawn piece Morgan had given me stands short and stout at the detective's end of the table. It's going to be a long process of digging through everything before a case is figured out, for lack of a better term. In the meantime, you will be placed in a psychiatric facility under the watch of Dr. Soren. I do wish the best for you, doctor. Let me know who wins. The detective turns his back to me and leaves the room. His words stinging me as I look at the damn little pawn. I look to my left at my reflection in the glass mirror. This Jekyll and Hyde existence has finally taken its toll. I can feel Dr. Soren looking back at me from the other side of the one-way mirror. I see the pawn reflected in the mirror and find myself wishing for Morgan to be here. I can feel a snuff flame inside of me, the white smoke trailing up through me and out of my mouth in an exhausted breath. I don't know what my future looks like, but I do know I'll have all the time in the world to think about it.